This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. You may be seated and uh, we are mainly excited today, not just to be in a new space. We're excited to have a greater, a, a greater tool to be able to get the word of God out into lives. And uh, as they are, uh, as the ushers are bringing the um, handout, I want to let you know that we are doing something a little bit new. You can scan uh, the back of the worship guide or the back of your seat for, uh, or the back of the handout for the worship guide. So feel free to scan that for upcoming events and things like that. Uh, let me talk to the sweat section over here, okay? If you are in the sun and it's too warm, there are other seats, and, and it will not offend any of us if you get up and walk out the back doors and through the others. So go ahead and do that right now. And Rick, I'm going to have my Bible and, and iPad there for, from you. Um, I forgot to grab that as well. But yeah, feel free to move out of the sun if you are in it. Next week, uh, we will have this place. Uh, you will be wishing that you had sunlight next week because the air conditioning, all 25 tons of it will be bearing down on you, okay? Uh, and so we're, uh, we're in transition. And uh, uh, by the way, a growing church is always in transition. And, uh, and so that's something that we live by around here, but we are thankful for each transition as well. I want you to take out your Bibles. We're going to be studying uh, in, in the continuation of our series, Under Construction. And, uh, you know, we, we choose these series uh, in, in advance. And just so happens that today, the, the message title is Pardon Our Mess. And uh, it's not that messy around here, uh, but we are still under construction. And how many of you know every heart, every marriage, every family is under construction? How many of you know that? Every life here is a mess. Now, don't act all pious, okay? We're all under construction. And, uh, and uh, the Bible talks about that. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 14, in verse number one, it talks about that. It says, where no oxen are, the crib is clean. The crib is clean. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. That's not talking about a house. That's talking about a stall, by the way. The crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. And so the ox brings much increase, plows the fields, brings much strength. It brings much increase of, of crops. But the ox also makes some messes. We won't talk about what those messes are, but it makes messes. And all of us have to balance the tension between the messes in our life and the increase, the growth that we're wanting in our life as well. And uh, so before we begin, let's pray. Lord, I pray for this service. Thank you for the awesome first service you gave us. I pray that as we study uh, the topic of being under construction, may we not resist the working of your hand and your, uh, your word in our lives. May we adjust to it. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You know, we're in a season of adjustment, not just into this new space, but we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. And all of us as a church are giving up something um, to, to receive a greater increase from the Lord. We want to see greater growth. We want to see God do some great things in our lives. And so we're, we're seven days in, and I hope you all are doing okay. Everyone doing okay with your fast, okay? Some people are giving up uh, social media. Your, your countenance is shining, by the way, this morning. Those of you that are giving up social media. Some of you are giving up snacks. Okay, you're, you're hangry this morning, I can tell. Uh, some, some of you, uh, some of us are giving up a certain type of food, okay? And some of us, it's, it's harder than others. I asked for accountability last week because I needed to go public with my fast. You're not supposed to do that technically, but I asked you guys to watch out this week because I was giving up for 21 days all types of bread. And uh, I was in the line at In-N-Out this week and someone rolled down their window and said, Pastor, I hope it's going to be a lettuce wrap. And I was like, thank you very much. I didn't want the whole world to know. And it was, okay? It was a, it was a three by three, but it was still a lettuce wrap, okay? Um, and, so, and so listen, I, I appreciate all the accountability. I need it, okay? Some of you went above and beyond. Someone even offered to buy this pillow. Uh, this is not real bread. It is a pillow. And uh, they said, Pastor, since you can't eat bread, at least you can sleep on it. I said, what do you want me to do? Suffocate from eating my pillow in my sleep, you know? <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? And uh, this is a girl sleeping or sitting with this pillow. I do not want this. This will be temptation. This will not help me, okay? So please do not uh, do that. But, but listen, we're all in transition. We're all trying to uh, work out uh, with fear and trembling, as the Bible says, uh, what God has put in our heart, what God's leading us to do during this season. And, you know, we're living in a generation that, that wants to project, not just in social media, but we want to project perfection, we want to project that we've got it all together. And the number one thing people tell me when I tell them I'm a pastor, uh, first of all, they, they duck and hide, right? And then the second thing um, is, is they always tell me, you know, whenever I, I say, hey, you should, you should go to church. And I told a guy uh, today at Dunkin' Donuts, I said, man, you know, you're, you're here feeding your body. You should feed your soul. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, put me on blast, pastor, you know? And, I, and, 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 and so I always tell people, but everyone, pretty much everyone says, to me, that's not really into church. They always tell me the same thing. I'm good. I'm good. And don't we all want to feel like we're good? Don't we all want to feel like we've arrived? Don't we all want to feel like, hey, I've got everything together. And the reality that we all know, but it's hard to admit, is we don't always have everything together. There's all types of different messes, but the Bible really addresses the messes on the inside. And that's where we want to go today. And I want to address something that, that, that could be on the inside that needs to kind of be brought to the outside to be dealt with. You know, there's some things that if we keep on the inside, it's going to really cause some, some huge damage. There's some things, if you eat them, it's, it's terrible. Some things that, that, that if you eat too much of it, you'll choke on it. Have you ever, you ever, you ever been, you know, uh, with, with, you know, your parents as a child and they say, hey, uh, chew that up or cut that up. You're going to choke on it, right? Uh, my, my, my little, I have a little brother. He's eight years younger than me. And I, I was Camden's age, probably 13, 14 years old. We're on a road trip. There's six kids, eight of us in the family. And uh, we're in an Astro van. Boys are in the back, three boys in the back, uh, three girls in the front, you know, Brady Bunch style. And, and uh, we're driving down the freeway. And my brother right next to me uh, was uh, eight years younger. So uh, he was probably three or four. And he had a blue sucker in his mouth. 
blue raspberry sucker. And so his, his, uh, his lips were all blue, his tongue was all blue, and, and, uh, and he was sucking on the sucker. Well, he kept hitting me on my shoulder, and I was playing this little 8-bit game uh, where, where you, you, you move the dots, and you, you, it was called football, and you, you try to score the little dots. Uh, no, nothing like the Switch or, or you know, uh, Nintendo or anything. Uh, yes, I am that old. I'm sorry to disappoint. But, but, but I'm playing the game, and he kept hitting me, and I'm like, one second, one second. I'm about to score a touchdown. One second, one second. And finally, he's grabbing me, and I look at his face, and, and his lips are blue, but, but also his cheeks are blue, and his face is blue. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, is that, a, is that an Oompa Loompa sucker? Are you, are you turning into a blueberry? Like, what's happening? And, and, and finally, I, I look, and, and he opened his mouth, and I could see the, the bottom of, the, of the, the stick of the sucker in his throat. He was suffocating. He needed help. And I'm 12 or 13. No one trained me on how to help a kid with a sucker down his throat. And so I did anything a loving older brother would do. I just threw him against the back of the seat. I picked him up. I threw him. And that sucker came out like a missile. But behind it was a lot of blue mess. And it went all over my three sisters. It was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. Uh, they, they were covered in it, and they were complaining about their hair and the smell, and they were dry even. And, and, and I was like, hey, do I get any credit? I just saved my brother's life. And I will tell you that there are some life-saving things that we can do, but we can't move into the life-giving, life-breathing Word of God unless we're willing to address what the Word of God addresses. Unless we're willing to admit that there's some things that are clogging up the moving, uh, the, the life-giving breath of God, we will not be able to address our mess. So there's a generation, Proverbs 30, 12 says, that is pure in their own eyes. They think they're all good, but yet they're not washed from their filthiness. They're, they're filthy. You say, well, I'm not filthy. Well, the word filthiness just means messiness. It's the exact same word that the Hebrew people, or, or even in today, Israel, uh, if you go to Israel, you would hear this Hebrew word used to describe a mess, a mess that a dog made, a mess that a kid made, a mess that you made. This would be the word that was used. And the Bible does not shy away from talking about our inward mess. In fact, it says that there are some, in, in Psalm 14.1, there, there are some that would be as foolish to say no to God. They say, no, God, I don't want you in my mess. I don't want you addressing my mess. I like my mess. But it says that in verse 3, they are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. You say, well, I know I don't do good, but I mean, did you see that other person the other day? I mean, they really don't do. No, 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 there's none. Everyone say none, okay? That's not like nuns and priests. That's no one, okay? No one can claim that they've got it all together. Isaiah 64, uh, 6 says, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. I don't know what, what, what is carried away in your life, but there's some things that can get carried away. Um, our culture is carried away with pornography. Our culture is carried away with, uh, with a desire for, to consume and, and, and a desire for, uh, to be seen and a desire for all these different things. I'm telling you, we can get carried away. We all can. And Isaiah, in chapter 1, says, wash you, make you clean. 
So, so get clean. You clean yourself up. Well, how do we do that? Well, uh, learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Oh, and then you'll be clean. No, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. We are all under construction, and God wants us to address our mess the way he does in his word. And so we have a command. We have a command in Scripture to grow in grace and the knowledge of, of, of the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we are all in a process of growth. We are all in a process of being under construction. Now, our church literally is under construction. I mean, we, uh, we're, we're, last night late, we were putting on uh, baseboards and, and, and cleaning things and fixing things and, 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 and plugging things in and trying to figure out how we were going to have church today. We are in a transition into this space. We are building, but we are not just building for the sake of building. We are building, and no matter how messy it gets, we are building beyond the mess toward usefulness. The goal that we've been doing, all of you who, are, who have been cleaning something or putting something together, many of you helped, and, and, and all of you are here enjoying the usefulness of this space because we, we, we as a church body needed somewhere, and this space was prepared to, to build beyond the mess. It was a mess the last couple of weeks, and we've been building beyond the mess. So there's three ways to build beyond the mess in your own life, and I want you to see number one. Number one, we need to know that building is messy. It just is. Building is messy, but it's necessary. When you, when you stop building in your life, that's called giving up. When you stop building, when you stop growing, when you stop living a life that is in transition and a life that is, uh, that is adjusting to the word of God, uh, we, we don't come to church just to hear something said or hear some music or, or, or you know, connect with other people. You can connect with other people online. Listen, we come to church because we want to hear what the Bible says about things. So let's look at Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 1, it talks about wisdom. We come for wisdom. And this is a father, Solomon, talking to his son, Rehoboam, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and, he, and he's describing wisdom as a lady, lady wisdom. So he's painting a picture. He says, wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. Then it says, she hath killed her beast. She hath mingled her wine. She hath furnished her table. Why in verse uh, three through six? Well, because she's going to invite people who need this message to hear her truth, wisdom. So wait a second. What does that have to do with building being messy? Well, I want to explain something to you. That when you build a building, and we've learned this, it gets really messy. I, I think we have a house that's being built. She, she, hewed, she, she built a house. And, and, and every process, I mean, there's, there's piles of dirt and there's piles of wood and there's piles of this. And we've had piles on top of piles and you're constantly dealing with a mess. Building is a mess. Um, but I don't know if you've ever uh, hewn out stone pillars it gets really messy really fast. Uh, I remember in our house, we, uh, we, were, we were pouring some concrete and I messed up and trying to do it myself. And finally, I got a professional in there to do it. But I had to grind down the concrete. I was covered head to toe uh, in concrete dust. And, and, and for days, I was finding it in my ears and picking it under my fingernails. I mean, it was crazy. But then, then there's a greater mess that's mentioned in, in verse number one. Uh, in verse number two, she's killed her beast. Now, now, for all the animal lovers in here, I want you to know there's an, there's an area of the country, okay, mainly the Midwest, 
where they depend on hunting and eating the food that they hunt. Now you say, well, no, they could eat off the land. Yeah, but some of us like steak, okay? Um, and so, and so uh, for all of the young people in here that don't know, okay, steak used to be an animal. And so the process of going from animal to steak, okay, or chicken nuggets, okay, uh, those aren't made in a factory. Well, at McDonald's they are, but, uh, but anyway, uh, the, 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 the process is very messy. And I, I don't want to spoil your lunch or, or, or your breakfast that you've had, uh, but, but skinning an animal, when it says she slaughtered her beast, that is one of the most messy things you will ever do and you will never forget it, I promise, okay? So, so, so here she's preparing and everything she's preparing, it's messy. And she's mingled her wine. Now, how would they mingle wine? They, 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 would, they would take some of the older wine and then they, they, would, they would literally step on the grapes. Hopefully they wash their feet. Okay, because you're going to be drinking it later. But, but they, would, they would step on the grapes and they would step on the grapes and then it would flow into these cisterns and then they would take the cistern and then they would, they would put the new wine and the old wine together and they would, they would make it, put some water in it. And so stomping on grapes, very, very messy. Uh, ladies, I don't know about you um, or men if you like to cook, but she's furnished her table. I don't cook very much and there's a good reason why, okay, because I can't. But I know this, it's a very messy process. All right, I'm going to use 14 dishes to make mac and cheese. I don't know about you, uh, but uh, no, that spatula doesn't work. Oh, I already dirtied it. Sorry, Daniel. Okay, uh, this spatula, that one might work, you know. No, that pan was too small. That pan was too big. It's a mess. But what, what happens is you're preparing. And preparation takes a mess to, in, to enable the progress, the forward progress of building. Uh, verse four, uh, chapter 14 of Proverbs, verse 1, every wise woman builded her house, uh, and the foolish, they pluck it down. The word build it here means to shape and fashion, to construct, to fortify. But the word pluck it down, it, it, it means to break down, to, to, to take apart piece by piece. And some people with their mouth, they've, they're, they're dissembling people piece by piece. They're, they're not building you up. Have you ever met someone? They're just constantly tearing you down. Ah, did you hear about that? Oh, you know, you say something positive and they can always turn everything positive into like a terrible negative, you know? Well, no, I don't think, well, at least they're trying. No, I don't think they're trying, you know? And it's like, well, aren't you a ray of sunshine, right? <laughs> I mean, all, all of us have the choice to build up or to tear down, but, but building requires structure. Uh, this building didn't happen just because we said, ah, put that there, ah, hang a light there, ah, just wing it there. You know, no, no, no. We had plans. And the plans had to be approved by LA County. And, and, and the architect had to, had to tell us, oh, you, you wanted a door there, but it's not going to happen. And I didn't want this door here, but it had to happen. And, and, and there were things that I was like, ah, I wish that would, no, okay, we got to do that. And the process has taken a lot longer because there's structure, all right? And, and L.A. County hates us. That's the other reason. But no, uh, no, I mean, it just takes forever. It's like, are you there on the other end of this email? You know, um, are, 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 you, are you looking? You know, are you checking your email? Um, and, and so structure matters. But implementing structure is often messy. It is messy. And, and so structure, we all long for structure. Every person, by the way, Guys, ladies need structure. They have to have that structure. And, and, and the structure provides the security and the strength and the framework for everything else to be built. You cannot build trust without structure. 
And, and where wisdom is, there's structure. And where structure is, there's peace of mind of knowing that everything's in place. We've got everything uh, to, together. I remember when I was dating Danielle, I didn't know what to do. Um, and, and, I, and I, I wanted to, to provide some, some leadership or whatever. And, and I was scared out of my mind and I felt like she could tell it. And so I gave her the seven pillars. You know, I read seven, you know, he's tuned out her seven pillars. Okay, here are our seven pillars for, for, for our dating relationship. And I had verses and I, I was really trying to just impress her, right? And, 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 and try to get her to think that I was, you know, uh, really a man of the word or whatever. And, and, and I went to go fill up her, her, her car with gas and I found the seven pillars. I'm, 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 she's in the service, okay, so I have to be careful. Uh, I found the seven pillars under the seat, all crumpled up. Those are our pillars. And I remember asking her about it. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, I made this. This matters to me. These pillars were in your car. Yeah, I'll never forget what she said, and she didn't say it exactly like this. I don't remember exactly how it, but it was like, whoa. She said, I don't care about the paper. I care that you want pillars in our relationship. And I will tell you this, that I learned a valuable lesson that day. It's not what you say the pillars are. It's what you live. It is what you are willing to say. I'm not going to move these things. These are unmovable pillars. And even if it's a mess to set these up, I'm going to place these in here. And so that's the action item, to place some truth pillars in your relationships, in your life, to structure strength, security, and growth. Okay, so building's messy, but it's necessary. Number two, if you're going to build beyond the, on, on the uh, mess, you really have to know that, that building is, is useless without a purpose. I mean, listen, we're not just building a building for the sake. I, I don't want to, you know, we're, 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 we built the space that we could afford. I'm just, I'm just being frank with you. Uh, we're, we're, we're not building as a church here. This building is not, this building just has a purpose. Everything that we were doing, every chair, everything we were cleaning, it had a purpose right? You, if you were having people over to your house, you would, you'd, hopefully you'd pick up if you knew they were coming, right? You hope you'd, you'd, you'd do something, hey, hold on, hold on let, me, let me put the dogs in the back, or, you know, something, something along those lines. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, why? Because you want to prepare for someone to walk in your space. How much more should we prepare to come into the house of God? How much more should we prepare uh, to, to, to come into the presence of God? There's a purpose for the space, and there's a purpose for you as well. There's a purpose that God is building in your house and in your life. And so Solomon, we read in, in, in Proverbs 9, was speaking to his son Rehoboam, but he was speaking to his son Rehoboam because his dad, David, had spoke wisdom and truth to him. By the way, dads, let me tell you uh, that it is your responsibility by God, not from me, but from God, to speak truth into your family. And whether that's in a prayer at bedtime or whether that's saying, hey, we're going to read a verse today or whether that's uh, just some way we are to speak truth. Why? Because it's only transferred generation to generation when we are intentional about it. Now, if a, if a mom does that, that's fine. And, 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 if, and if we take turns and sometimes I'll have my boys pray or I'll have them read a verse or whatever, but we have to have truth. Why? It's transferred from generation to generation. We want God to build our homes. Well, that's exactly what it says. Psalm 127, 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain build. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread. I just noticed, 
to eat the bread, really? I'm fasting bread and God's gonna put a verse in our notes, eat the bread. To eat the bread of sorrows, for he giveth his beloved sleep. Listen, the Lord is the one that can build your life. The Lord is the one that can build your house and your, your heart. So the word build here means to reshape, refashion, to construct. And God is wanting us to, to, uh, to, re- to, to understand he can redeem and build anything. But he can redeem and build anything we're willing to give to him. See, the problem with our mess is it's often a reality that we are unwilling to confront. We are unwilling to say, yeah, God, I'm struggling with that. Yeah, God, that is a mess. Yeah, God, I know I, I thought I was strong enough, but I, I can't kick that habit. Yeah, God, I need you. And God says, I will shape and form you, but first you have to allow me to. Now, I've never shaped and formed anything, frankly. I, I, I've never made a sculpture. I'm not really into the arts. I mean, if you are, that's awesome. Uh, but, but I did stumble across a video recently where um, there was a, a, a really, really good um, you know, uh, artist who was, who, was, who was taking these self-portraits of people, these selfies, and she was making out of stone that picture. That's incredible. I want you to see some of this process. Uh, go ahead and start the video, guys. So here she is, she's grabbing her tools, she's, she's preparing to take literally a block of stone, and she has to shave it down, and she has to chip away at, at what doesn't belong. Uh, Michelangelo, the, the, the great artist who, who, who made incredible sculptures, he said that he would, he would look at this. <laughs> Once you start carving this, there's, there's no sort of hard and fast rules. You rely on the fact that you can look and measure and that you have an instinct for this, and that if you can look at something and translate it into your hands, and then make the chisels do what you want it to do, then you'll be okay. So if you can take the chisel and the hammer in your hands, and you can make it do what you want it to do, you'll be okay. Think about that. And that's what culture says we can do. We can just take the chisel and the hammer in our own life and we can chip off where we think needs to be addressed and and we can just kind of make our own image. And God says, no, 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 I'm trying to form you into the image of my son. You see, Michelangelo knew that, that, that the great artists, they do not start with the block. They start with the image in mind that they're trying to carve. And he said this, and this is remarkable. And, 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 and listen, even if you're not in the scripture, you're new to church or whatever, I, I think there's some things you can learn that are absolutely true, that are tested true. And he, and he said this, that he said, I look at the stone and once I realize what is, what is on the inside of that stone, I, I chisel everything away in order to free it. So, so he did this beautiful sculpture of an angel. And they said, how did you do that? Such detail, and that's incredible. You did that with your own two hands. And he said, well, well, I was, I was wanting to get everything away from the angel so that I could free it from the stone. Isn't that amazing? There are something, there's something planted on the inside of you, a desire to connect with your creator. And it's deep on the inside. There's a desire to serve. There's a desire to grow. There's something on the inside that God wants to release, that God wants to free uh, out into the world. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's here in the church. Uh, Maybe it's a talent that you've just been suppressing. Maybe it's something that God's telling you, hey, I want you to do this. But God wants you to, 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 to take the tools and hand the chisel and hand the hammer over to him. Because when we start to define success on our own terms, That's really dangerous. 
In fact, let me tell you something. That there's something far worse than failing. And it's succeeding at the wrong things. So when we define our success, we are on the hook not just for our success, but also for our failure. When I say that success is up to me, then I have to also say, well, failure, I have to own those too. And Jesus said, hey, I want to come and I want to I wanna own not just your failures, but also your successes. He says, hey, I will come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. The, the desire is to come unto God. He said, if you, if you try to save your own life, you'll lose it. If you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you, if you let go of your life and you give your life to Jesus, you'll find it. And so all throughout scripture, he's telling us to come to him. He's telling us that we have great purpose in his presence, that he can define our success and our purpose far better than we ever can. And so every building, every person needs purpose. Building is useless without purpose. Yeah, it's messy, but it's necessary. Number three, I want you to see this. In order to build beyond the mess, we need to know that, that building strong is what prevents a mess. Building strong is what prevents a mess. Now, we're going we're gonna to talk about this passage a little bit more next week, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. Uh, but Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, uh, Jesus says, uh, Whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, I will liken them to a wise man which built a house upon a rock. And he says, The rain descended and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not. For it was founded on a rock. Okay, so that's the man who's listening and obeying and doing. Okay. Well, what's the other comparison, Jesus? Well, in verse 26, it says, And everyone that heareth these things of mine and doeth them not. So you hear and you maybe want to do or maybe had the intention of doing, but it stayed there. It's just in your intentions. Then, then that those people are like those, the foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Verse 27. Then the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Jesus is describing the mess that happens when something isn't built strong. Now listen, we're, we're building lives here and, and, and we're not building for the short term. I have no desire to build a church or to build a family or to build my life just for the short-term game. I don't know about you, but I want to I build for the long haul. I want to build for eternity. I want to do something uh, that lasts. And Jesus contrasts the type, two types of, of foundations. He says, a life li lived on uh, truth-filled actions, seeing what Jesus said and did and doing it, and a life filled with empty intentions. And I want you to know that empty intentions, they carry the presence of truth, meaning your, your thinking of truth, but only living is what we believe. Let me say it again. Say it with me. Only living is what we believe. What we live is what we believe. Let's say that together. What we live is what we believe. Listen, you, you can, I can get up here all day and I can tell you, hey, I believe this and this is it. I can be so passionate. I want you to get it. That's why I'm so passionate. But I will tell you this, what you see in my life and what I see in your life, that's how much of this book we believe. And so all of us have to, have to come to grips with this. Um, Isaac, I'm gonna have you grab that bag. Um, I don't know if you've ever played the, the, the game Jenga, um, but here are some Jenga blocks. And uh, 
And when you put these blocks down, you generally do, you know, three or four at a time, and then you stack it up. You stack up the tower. And part of the, part of the game, the genius of the game, is that it gives, it, it kind of gives you a little anxiety because when you're pulling the blocks out, right, you don't want it to what? To fall, okay? So you guys have played this game before. And, and the reason why it would fall is not because it doesn't have a firm, I mean, this is, this is pretty rock solid, um, the reason why it doesn't fall is because it doesn't have any cragle or, or glue, right? It's not, it's not glued together. So it's just, it's, it's loose. Now, there's strength in trusting something that will bring you closer to Jesus. There's strength in, you know what that is? It's truth. The truth of a church or a life is the glue that holds everything together, so when something is falling apart and it's a mess, it's because there's not strength that's greater than you possess. When a marriage falls apart or when, you're, when, when, when your mind is, 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 is playing tricks on you in games, it, it's, there's, there's something that's not glued together and the glue is the truth. The glue is the truth that holds everything together. It's the bonding agent. We've used lots of glue on the floor and the baseboards and the walls, and there's been glue all over the place, all over my hands, and, and we've been using glue. Why? Because we want something that will last. We don't just tape things together. We glue them together. But in our lives, it's so much more important than in a physical building. Now, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Jonathan and I were uh, in uh, Miami, Florida, and we were speaking to some pastors, and, and we, we drove right past um, the, um, the Surfside Tower that fell last year. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, over 100 people perished. It was just a terrible, terrible thing. Um, but I, I heard a video about it, and I thought it really illustrated what we're talking about today. So let's watch this. Six days in, and there's no sign of a miracle. Families are stuck in purgatory, waiting for answers that still haven't come. Nobody's giving up hope here. Nobody's stopping. The work goes on, full force. These are real people. These are, you know, my neighbors. And Montreal-born trauma surgeon Dr. Howard Lieberman has been working on the pile since Thursday. We're going 24-7. No one is stopping. With 149 people still missing, including four Canadians, the most difficult moments have come when families have been brought to the site. When you're down there and you hear the sounds, you smell the smells, and you see with your own eyes in real life what it looks like, a lot of things become a lot clearer. Think about that. Why, why, why does everything in life get clear when we go to a tragedy? Why, does, why, why would he say that? Why would the trauma surgeon say that when you smell the smell and you hear the, you hear the sirens and hear the noise, why, why would that clarify everything? Because in a trial, in a trauma, in, in a difficulty, what is really important comes to the top, right? Our priorities are naturally focused on. And I want you to know that before that Surfside Tower was ever leaning there was something, and they still don't know what caused it, but there was something that it was leaning on that could not withstand the weight, the pressure. And I want you to know that every person in this room, including myself, including the youngest person in this room, you have pressure. And what you do with that pressure matters. It matters so much. And so we're not a church that believes that no one has a mess. We all have a mess, man. But I will tell you this, 
What you do with your mess matters. And if you're going to take the pressure of that mess and you're going to self-medicate and you're going to run from it and you're not going to deal, for, deal with it according to the truth, what you're doing is you're leaning, like Jesus said, toward your own will and intentions instead of leaning your, your focus and your understanding on the word of God, the truth. And so we need to identify where we're leaning. Are you leaning on the world's wisdom? Are you leaning on your own effort? Are you leaning on what you thought was good or best? Or are you leaning on his everlasting arms? If you've never been, uh, had a moment where you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never been forgiven of your sin, that's the first thing. Put that pile on in first. But then when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to ask yourself, am I following him or am I following my own heart? Am I following my own life? And so today we embrace the process of building beyond the mess. And we build beyond the mess for strength and purpose. And we build beyond the mess for increase and growth. And we build beyond the mess because it is worth it to go the way that Jesus said to go. And so the process of building, we've been in a process. And frankly, it's taken way too much time. I have no idea how much, you know, three weeks, four weeks, hopefully, you know, we'll be finished soon. But I don't know. But you know what I'm doing? I'm embracing the process. And I hope that every person in this room will be em embrace the process of your growth, of your, of, of your building process, right, in your heart and in your marriage. I hope that you'll embrace the process as well. Because when we reject the process, that's when everything starts to fall out of place. So I'm going to pray with you, but I'm going to ask, when I pray, if you need to make a decision, I would really encourage you to write it down. What gets scheduled gets done. And so this is our time now to move into action. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this space. We thank you for right now what's happening in this space. And I pray that if there's one here that has never received the invitation, they, they've, they've known that it was given. They knew that you came. They may even believe that you're God. But even the devils believe in God and tremble. They've never received you. They've never asked you. They've never reached out and taken the gift of salvation. I pray that they would do that right now. Lord, I pray for those who are fighting you in an area. And Lord, I've done that so many times. Lord, they're fighting to, 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 to go in their own way. And, and, and you're pulling back saying, that's not the way. I pray that they would hand the chisel and the hammer over to you and allow you to shape and make who you want them to be. God, thank you for how simple your word is. Thank you for how practical it is. I pray that we would live it, that we wouldn't buy into the lie that it's too confusing or uh, Lord, it's too hard to, to live out, but Lord, we would just do what we can while we can, that we would embrace the process and step-by-step step see growth and increase. So heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And, and as we end this service, I, I would ask for you to make a decision. And I don't know what that decision is. It's not my job to tell you what the decision is. But I believe that God has been working on your heart today. And in this first service in this building, it would be great for you to make an incredible decision that, that changed the, changes the trajectory of your entire life. And so if you're here, or maybe you're watching this later, 
and you have never placed your faith in Jesus Christ alone. Maybe you say, well, I've said a prayer, I've gone to church. No, you've never placed your faith in him alone. Meaning you've turned from all other ways and you've turned to Jesus. Friend, he is the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by him, John 14, 6 says. So if you'd like to receive that gift today, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And prayer doesn't save you, but believing in him will. I want you to call out to him and say, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a mess. I'm a sinner. But I place my sin on your account. You paid for my sin with your blood. And I receive you today. Come into my life and be my Savior. If you prayed that prayer right now and you meant it, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for everyone, but I want you to raise your hand. Don't be ashamed of that. Thank you. Anyone else? Any, anyone would join this one that would, that would raise your hand and say, I prayed that prayer just now. Thank you so much. You can put your hands. Other hands are being raised. You can put your hand up, put it right back down. Don't be ashamed of that. Hey, listen, I made that decision once. Everyone in here who isn't raising their hand has had one time. So make this your one time. That's awesome. So as your hands are lowered and as we're praying, I would encourage every person in here who is a follower of Jesus, meaning you've had a moment just like those who raised your hand just now have, have had a moment. You're following Jesus. I don't know what your next step is in that process, but I guarantee you that the Holy Spirit revealed it to you. And every single week, God works on your heart to shift and change something. And I would encourage you to write that down. Whatever it is, Write it down and then bring it to the Lord in prayer. And just like in every service we've ever had, let's take a moment and take some time for meditation and contemplation. Just take this silence to, to pray. And listen, if you don't know how to pray, thank God for what he's doing in your heart. He can hear your thoughts. So in your heart, in your mind right now, spend some time with him. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you that you see our mess and you still love us unconditionally. And so God, we want to respond to that grace and that love that you've given to us. You showered love on us by sending your son to die for us. Lord, he lived the life we could never live and he died the death we could never die. And so Lord, I pray that we would live every day in thanksgiving and gratitude for that gift. And Lord, I pray that we would not hide our mess, but Lord, we would address it with truth. That God, every day we would wake up and knowing our purpose is to please you and follow you. And God, know that we are one step closer to your son's image. May you shape and change us into who you want us to be. Lord, may we not be so fixated on who we thought we would be or who we wanted to be, that we miss who you want us to be. Lord, I pray that you'd please bless every person who made a decision in this room. We give you all the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.